father's lightsaber. What? Lightsabers, precious? What's Lightsaber's Precious? The Lord of the Rings and Star Wars Encyclopodcast, where you waste time on fictional wikis. I'm Ryan. And I'm Joanna. I don't have any Lord of the Rings news for you today. Ryan, do you have anything for Star Wars? Didn't they, like, cast an elf or something? We talked about that before. Did they cast another elf or something? No. Oh. Sorry. All right. What do you have for Star Wars? Um, there's a new one coming out in December. Big news. Wow. Yeah. You heard it here first. Yeah, you d- that's the Sclusi. Are we going to the Midnight Show? Uh, well, actually, as part of the charity group we're in, we might be able to do it before midnight. Mm, see, that's what happens when you're selfless and give to charity, guys. And we also... You get to see movies early. And that's it, the main reason for doing it. The offside is that we have to dress up in character. So I gotta be like Kylo Ren or something. But it's gonna be fun. Last time we went to a Star Wars premiere, Ryan showed up completely unprovoked, dressed as Luke Skywalker. So yeah, last Jedi, I came. Prepared. I don't think that's going Go to be back such and listen a to that episode. You. Yeah, around that time, and you can hear me talking about my sweet ten-minute cosplay. But speaking of giving back to the community, I gave blood today, and my arm hurts like a bitch. Nobody ever told me that giving back to your community would involve any pain or inconvenience to me. It's almost like taking a huge chunk of your body liquid they took out a, of your they body. They told me they took out a pound of blood. That is so much. And I was like, okay, so I can eat a pound of these goldfish crackers that you have provisioned. And they were like, that's not how it works. That pound of blood is going to be back like within the next couple days. And I was like, I didn't hear anything you said after you lost a pound just now. I mean, that's still an interesting fact that we can make a pound of blood in a, like a week. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah, I know. And it, it exited my arm in about 10 minutes. So that's our big Star Wars and Lord of the Rings news. Blood comes in pounds. <laughs> that would be like a, a quart or a liter. Her, was, that's why I asked her. I was like, "Is that a quart?" And she was like, "It's a pound." And I was like, "I don't think that's how you measure liquids." <laughs> but okay. Anyway, Ryan, what you gonna learn me? <clears throat> well, today I'm gonna talk about a perennial favorite of mine, yours, and probably a lot of people who have taken joy in the likes of all your base and the Asian bootleg of Lord of the Rings over the years. I'm talking about translations. Translations. Wait, Joanna, this is a f- job that's near and dear to your heart as a professional translator. translator. Yes, as a professional translator, I have honestly tried to give the subjects of this episode a little bit of slack, but there's only so far my largesse it can be stretched. End of the day, it's like Steve Yoon says in Okja. Translation, Translation is, is sacred. sacred. Okay. And these people trampled all over it. Oof, okay. All right. So the alternate title of this episode is Ake Olmark's F's Up. All right. I knew what the last two words were. Well, because the first two are Swedish. Oh, okay. Their okay. guy's name. You'll find out about him in a second. Lord of the Rings was first published July 29th, 1954. And by 1956, the first foreign language translations began to appear. That was the year Max Schuchart created a Dutch translation called Indiban van der Ring, or Under the Spell of the Ring. And Tolkien was not a huge fan, beginning with the fact that Max Schuchart took liberties with the title. Schuchart also changed the names of certain characters, which was a particular bee in Tolkien's bonnet. Because uh, remember, each of the names he picked for his characters had like a complex fictional etymology. But not in Swedish. 
Well, yeah, that was the problem. This is Dutch. This oh, Dutch. Dutch. Uh, so translators messed with that at their own peril. That said, apart from these points, the Schuchardt Dutch translation was quite faithful, but the same could not be said for the subsequent Swedish translation. Between 1959 and 1960, a celebrated Swedish translator called Ake Olmarks published his translation of Lord of the Rings. Olmarks was well known in the translation world, having previously published Swedish versions of Shakespeare, Dante, the Koran, and the Icelandic sagas. All the books. Yeah. All the big important books, like, he had mad creds. So, I found a blog post from 2007 written by a presumably Swedish person called Martin Anderson. That's Anderson with two S's. Mr. Anderson. And he, Mr. Anderson, was had some very strong words to share about Olmarks. And I can't find precise corroborating evidence for this assessment, but what little I was able to find on Olmarks does seem to indicate that he was kind of a turd. This is what Anderson says about him. Quote, Ake Olmarks had a glowing but self-inflated reputation for brilliancy. If it was one thing he liked, it was being told how brilliant he was and telling others how brilliant he was. Ake, come on, buddy. And this is what Tolkien himself had to say on Olmarks. This is from a letter he wrote to his publisher. The enclosure that you brought from Algfist et al. was both puzzling and irritating. A letter in Swedish from Ake Olmarks and a huge list of names in The Lord of the Rings, which he had altered. I hope that my inadequate knowledge of Swedish tends to exaggerate the impression I've received, i.e. that he was a douchebag. The impression remains, nonetheless, that Dr. Olmarks is a conceited person. Hang on, hang on. Did... Tolkien translate a letter from Swedish into English? Dude, like, he was a professor of Germanic languages. He Is could just, that like, what he, he could did? Just all, he could just <laughs> eyeball that shit. Like, he could literally, I mean, like, he did use a dictionary. He mentions that he did use a dictionary. But, like, he could, like, kind of eyeball that shit because he knew a lot about Germanic languages. Uh, so, Dr. Olmers is a conceited person, less competent than charming Max Schuchart, the Dutch translator, though he thinks much better of himself. Ake Olmark. Ake Olmarks. All right, so... All signs point to Allmarks as being a talentless dickbag, and indeed that impression is only going to be strengthened through this episode. But I want to play devil's advocate here for a second, and not devil's advocate in the way that, like, 21-year-old, like, college bros play devil advocate, where they're like, what if racism is cool and, like, women really do suck? Yeah, guys, the answer's somewhere in the middle. Like, both sides have great points. One side wants to kill the other side, the other one just wants to live. I think we can meet somewhere in the middle. Killing them... Like, 50%. Yeah. I think we can beat and assault women and minorities, like, 50%. The answer is always in the middle. Devil's advocate. I watched South Park. So, I want to play devil's advocate because one of the things Tolkien was most pissed off about was the way Olmark changed characters' names, and names can be very difficult to translate into other languages. Okay, well, let me guess what some of these names are. You probably turned Frodo into Frodo Duty, and he probably turned Gandalf into Gandalfi. Oh my god, he did. And he changed Aragorn into Aragorn Goofy. Wow, how did you hit the nail on the head like that? I'm just, I... I, I really <laughs> hope we don't have anybody listening in Sweden. I mean, like, you know. You know how Americans think you guys sound, right? Berky berky. It's like, like the Swedish chef. Yeah, yeah. And then Samwise was... Some word for girfin. Some word for girfin. Some word for girfin. There's like a erfs. There's a lot of erfs and, and gurgs in, in here. And Gimli is Gimli. Now, let me... Okay. Gimli is just Gimli. <laughs> <laughs> kind of already sounds Canadian. Yeah, yeah. Now, if... For example, if I were to say the name Aurelia Havisham to you... Like, what does that sound like to you? Like, what kind of person does that sound like? Aurelia Habersham sounds like a... Habersham. Sounds like a rich lady. Uh-huh. You got that. Because Aurelius reminds you of gold. Uh-huh. Because that's what it means. 
And I imagine she's like a Harry Potter character. She's kind of like the lady version of Gilderoy Lockhart. Okay, good guess. So she is actually the old woman from Great Expectations, which I know you were forced to read in high school. And I knew that, and I was trying to play along as if I didn't know what it was. Oh, you were playing Devil's Advocate. No, honestly, I forgot. Okay. But anyway, it's not just like a name. Like, it sounds a certain way. It sounds like a rich lady. It sounds like somebody who lives in like a really sort of fancy, splendid place, Absolutely, right? yes. A, a palatial manor. Yes. It sounds Dickensian. Yeah. Because yeah. Dickens had a way of making his people have names that, like, characterize them. Ebenezer Scrooge. Way. Right. Like, that sounds like a penny-pinching dickle, yeah. right? Tiny so, Tim Cratchit. But if you were going to try and translate that into, say, German, or into, say, like, Thai, Aurelia Havisham isn't going to sound the same way to them. It's no, not going to have that same kind of, like, connotation, so you'd have to change it into something that sounds, like, stuffy and rich and fancy in that language. Okay. So that's what makes it hard. Um, also... Semi-related. One time I was translating this Japanese webcomic and there was like an evil spirit in it called Akaguro-san. And if you were to translate Akaguro-san that super literally, you would say Mr. Red Black. But actually in Japanese, Akaguro describes more of like a reddish brown color. But then even saying Mr. Reddish Brown, like, doesn't sound that good. It's a crappy name. Like, it sounds substantially more cumbersome than saying Akaguro-san. Like, I think the ish part grates at me, right? So in the end, I translated the name Rusty or Mr. Rusty. Good name. Right? So like reddish brown rust. Like it just sounds nicer. Um, these are, calcul- although there might be some people that disagree with that decision. So these are the calculations you have to make when you're trying to translate character names into another language. All right? So, okay. I am done playing devil's advocate here. She's done being the Swedish devil. Now she's going in. In reality, Olmork's translations are quite shitty. No matter how much slack you try to cut him. So let me give you some examples. All right. I'm going to start from, like, more understandable to, like, least defensible. Right? Okay. That's the order I'm going to go in. Okay. So the Ford of Bruinen is translated as Bear Ford because Olmarks thought Bruinen sounded like bear. Well, Bruin, right? That's like the- Like the Bruins. Yeah. Is that a kind of bear? I don't know what a Bruin is, and I lived in Boston It's like It's like year. old English bear word. Okay. So that's, I guess, semi-defensible. Eskaroth, a.k.a. Lake Town, was translated as snail leavings because Olmarks thought Eskaroth sounded like escargot. Yeah, I was just about to say. So he named the town, like, snail shit. <laughs> um, Shelob's lair was <laughs> was translated as the she-monster's thigh because what? lair bears a superficial resemblance to the Swedish word for thigh, which is lar. Even, even, okay. So he's like, this kind of sounds like our word for thigh. It must mean thigh. But it... It does. did, it, it, it does. It doesn't. Because Allmarks kept forgetting how he had translated words earlier in the story, he would repeatedly change names throughout the book. Uh-oh. So, like, the river Entwash is variously translated as Muddy River, Bendy Stream, and finally Ent River. And academics later theorized that Allmarks didn't read the whole book before he started translating, so he didn't know what an Ent was until halfway through. Oh, no. So he jettisoned the word Ent from Entwash until it became clear to him that Ents were like a thing, and then he suddenly put them back in the name. So he's doing it as he goes along. Yes. Apart from the names, there are many other hilarious examples of Olmark shitting the bed. So here's a line from the original English version of Lord of the Rings. Bilbo was very polite to the gaffer, calling him Master Hamfast. And here is Olmark's version. Bilbo had always been invariably courteous, had always called him Master Thief King. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I like that title. I love it, but that's not courteous, one. Yeah. Second of all, how do you get Master Thief King from Hamfast? 
It's just a sweet name. No. It's like three different titles in one name. Here's a line from the original English version of Lord of the Rings. Most of the musical crackers at Bilbo's birthday party bore the mark Dale on them. Right? The town. For Dale, Dale Earnhardt Jr. For Dale Earnhardt Jr. Turn left, Dale! <laughs> and, and here's Olmark's version. Most of the musical crackers at Bilbo's birthday party bore the name Bodrones. <laughs> Bodrones? That's another really good name. No. I, I like know. Bodrones. The word Bodrones is not a word in Swedish <laughs> or in English. It's just like the sound. So it's not clear what Olmark's meant by Bodrones. Bodrone is the Master Thief King. Yes. He's a new character that uh, Ake Olmark's came up with. <laughs> he did. <laughs> now here's here's yet another line from the original English version of Lord of the Rings, and this is from when Sam is threatening to knock holes in all the boats to stop Frodo from leaving without him. A bit possessive, but yeah, him aside. a bit clingy, Samwise. So leave one, Frodo said. We'll need it. And here's Olmark's version. Very well then, Frodo said. I might need you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, it might come in handy. Very different. Oh, here's a good one. Here's a good one. In the original English version of Lord of the Rings, there was this line. The last strongholds of the mighty woods of the Elder Days, in which the firstborn roamed while men still slept. Which in Olmark's version became... I don't know if I can do this with a straight face. Try. The very last bastions of the mighty woodland reaches of the Elder Days, where the firstborn one mooed while the race of men were still asleep. Wait. The word mood just seems kind of stuck in there. <laughs> yes, okay, so... Mood like a cow? Was, like mood? There, there was only one firstborn elf. Like, just one elf woke up and was just, like, wandering around these sleeping men, and he was going moo. That's what it... So it's spelled like mood. Like, like M- mood, like a cow does, yeah. Not just so, like big mood, but like mood like a... M-O-O-E-D. Oh my god. So here were the men just trying to get some shut-eye while this single elf wandered around just like... Mooing. Because the humans are all really fat and he was making fun of them. <laughs> Maybe. Another good one. In the original English version of Lord of the Rings, Sam says this to Gollum. What's more, if you turn over a new leaf and keep it turned, I'll cook you some taters one of these days. And this is how Olmark's rendered it. What does it matter to you if you tear off a fresh leaf and then hold it in your hand? Then I'll one day cook you some taters, too. (laughs) (laughs) So that's one of these cases where, like, an an idiom just goes... Yes, he obviously did not understand the phrase turn over a new leaf, so he translated it not even literally. Like, he wrote something that involved leaves. Leaves that, yeah. Yes. Okay, this last one is my absolute favorite. All right. (laughs) This is so funny. The original English is Pippin stopped dead. Olmark's translation is Pippin had stopped death. <laughs> Whoa! That's uh, buried the lead there, buddy. I mean, that's. Who knew that Pippin had that much power? Wow! He seems like the weakest and most worthless member yeah. of the fellowship, but no, he stopped death he stopped itself. Death. He's like a modern day Herbert West, like wow. reanimating people. That's amazing. He Isn't never that used that cool? power at all in the story, though. I mean, no, I know. I guess he didn't die. He so had they're... to pick his moments. That's why he didn't die, because he had stopped death. Oh, my God. Now, having heard all that, Ryan, what is your stance on Tolkien's reaction? Do you think he was justified in being annoyed? Um. Yeah. Yeah, that's a guy who, like, was there a reason he translated so badly? Is it, like... Yeah, I think have... it's just overconfidence. Honestly, like, a lot, what a lot of academics have said, have said is that his grasp of English was actually not that good. Oh. Um. Uh, but even so, here's the like, thing. Like, was he on a deadline or something? Like, did he have someone breathing out his neck? He did he have just, other projects going on? It's weird because... Did one, he one have to the finish things, the Quran in time? Of, yeah. <laughs> one of the things that comes up again and again is that some of the passages that he translated are really good. Oh, like, okay. they sound awesome, they're really evocative, and then he just completely 
completely shits the bed sometimes. And it's so unaccountable because if he knew even one, count them, one native English speaker, he could have asked, for example, what does it mean to turn over a new leaf? Yeah. Can you explain this idiom to me yeah. so that I don't translate it in a dumbass way? It's like the, you know, it's like the Dunning-Kruger thing. Like, you think you're you're good at stuff. He's just been praised too often, I yeah. think. I think. So... Whether justified or not, the criticisms leveled against Olmarks by both Tolkien and Tolkien's fans really pissed Olmarks off. So much so that in his later years, he became an avid critic of Tolkien, espousing a number of bizarre conspiracy theories. These include the following. One, Tolkien was a closet Nazi sympathizer before mm. the war. Okay. Olmarks knew this because many leading German philologists had been members of the Nazi party during the war, and Tolkien was a philologist. It's in... in, in- Disputable fact right there. That, that, yeah. that, that's evidence. Yes. Yes. So if some A's are B, then all A's are B. Yes. That's, put a, that's, put a big uh, check in the W column for all marks That's the transitive there. property. That, that's a... <laughs> from If my knowledge of geometry serves me right. That's called conclusive. Yes. All right. Tolkien was a bad writer, and good parts of The Lord of the Rings must have been written by C.S. Lewis. So that's why I made them better in Swedish. Yep. 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 Yeah, because Tolkien and C.S. Lewis's writing style sound like so similar, right? No. Like, C.S. Lewis's books are like 100 pages long, and Tolkien's are like, so long you want to die. <laughs> yeah, there's like a few less songs in Narnia, and there's a lot less walking around. Yes, and there's a lot less like Jesus lions. Well, I guess in Tolkien, it's a Jesus wizard. Jesus wizard, yeah. Yeah. The Tolkien Society is a huge international conspiracy or mafia bent on world domination, and anyone who tries to go up against them will be quietly silenced. Now, well, you're a member. As you're... a card carrying member of the Tolkien Society, I can confirm this. This is true. Anybody who goes up against me will be quietly silenced. You just can't go to any other cool cabal meetings you, in England. You notice how, like, we don't get a lot of negative comments on this podcast? We don't get any, yeah. Um,. All those people have been quietly taken care of. Dead men tell no tales. Yes. And leave no comments. Yeah, absolutely. Now, last one. Tolkien fans are degenerate people who are contemptuous of the noble working class, abuse alcohol and drugs, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. indulge in kinky sexual orgies, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. beat up old people, mm-hmm, sacrifice mm-hmm. children, and mm-hmm. worship Satan. Checks out. Yeah. In fact, in 1982, Olmarks published a book titled Tolkien and Black Magic, which detailed a conspiracy theory connecting Tolkien and Tolkien fandom with Nazi occultism. So did... Did, did Tolkien translate that into English for everybody? <laughs> I hope so. And I hope he intentionally did yeah. it really badly. <laughs> Can you imagine, like, a salty rela- reaction? Like, you don't like my translation, whatever, you like the, you're a Nazi and you worship the devil. And all your all your fans are Nazi devil-worshipping sex have, havers. And they sex with old people and then beat them up. And they kill kids. Yeah. Because uh, they, they're writing in, so bad. satanic preschools. Yeah. As a result of Tolkien's severe disappointment with the Swedish translation of his book and his somewhat more tempered disappointment with the Dutch version, although he personally thought the Dutch translator was charming, yeah, he published a Guide to the Names in the Lord of the Rings. This assisted the German translator, a woman named Margaret Caro. Unlike the Dutch and Swedish translators before her, she actually gave Tolkien a sample of her translation work ahead of time, a translation of his short story, Leaf by Nickel. She also traveled to England to speak with Tolkien in person, although she found him to be, quote, harsh, taciturn, and severely ill. Oh, is he sick? 
<laughs> he had a cold. Oh. <laughs> but that sounds like a really weird thing to complain about. Well, I think that's like, six He was harsh. He was taciturn. He was a dick to me. He disrespected me. He was severely ill. I feel like that should be the first Even thing. Even though I specifically he, told him not to be. He might have been that way because he was sick. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Yeah. So up yours, Tolkien, for being severely ill. Uh, fortunately, he was friendlier in his later correspondence, and he liked Caro's translation, apart from her treatment of the poems and songs, because God knows how important that is. Some of Caro's translations are far more elegant than Olmark's. For example, the Shire was called Owenland, which means Meadowland. Okay. Elves were called Elven, which is a word taken from Grimm's fairy tales. Perfect. Uh, Shiloh was called Kankra, an artificial feminine version of the German dialect word for cancer. Ooh, interesting. Yeah. But some of them were really literal. For example, uh, Baggins was translated as Boitlin or Little Bag. Little Bag. <laughs> so Frodo, Little Bag, little Bilbo, bags. Little Bag. <laughs> you can't win them all, I Bilby, guess. Little Bags. Um, the Russians also wanted to translate Lord of the Rings starting in the 1960s, but they hit a few snags. So primarily these snags were related to censorship. Um, according to the Soviets, there was ideological danger in the, quote, hidden allegory of the conflict between the individualist West and the totalitarian communist East. I don't remember at any point, like, Mordor being described as, like, a communist nation. No, 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 like, I don't remember Sauron, like, taking and redistributing, like, all the farmland and, like, forcing collectivization and yeah, tormenting academics. He didn't get anything to his orcs. There's employees. He gives them nothing. They need to take the, the means of production like, back from him. They wish it was communist. Yeah, honestly. They wish. Um, so, but okay, sure. It's the communist East. Uh, meanwhile, Marxist readings in the West tended to consider Tolkien's Shire to be a sort of primitive communist community in opposition to the evil forces of technocratic capitalism. Yeah, I can see that. But never mind, right? Obviously, you can read whatever you want into it, which is one of the problems that's plagued Tolkien from the beginning. Russian translations of the Lord of the Rings did circulate, but they were entirely underground. And when the Soviet Union finally collapsed, no fewer than 10 official Russian translations of the book, like, came out of the woodworks. Wow, that's a Suddenly lot. Suddenly they all at once appeared on the market. 10 different ones, wow. 10 different ones. Um, one final interesting translation I want to talk about is the Hebrew. The first Hebrew translation was produced by uh, the team of Ruth Livnit and Uriel Ofek. This translation was kind of interesting because it had, like, some Jewish folklore worked in there. So, for example, the elves were called the children of Lilith. Oh. Which is very interesting. Um, yeah. However, Livnet and Ofek did not translate or indeed read the appendices, which means they didn't follow the transcription rules that were in there. Oh, whoops. Also, Livnet and Ofek hadn't read The Hobbit or The Silmarillion, so, like, they didn't understand any references to those two books, so they just, like, deleted them. Oh, but not in the book. <laughs> They're just like, eh, that. Like, so I don't know what this is in the garbage. So it's a few pages shorter in, in Hebrew. Yes. Uh, furthermore, they sometimes translated things too literally, um, so that the result is what some people have called heblish. So, for example, at one point in the original English, Gandalf threatens Bilbo, quote, Then you shall see Gandalf the Grey uncloaked. Which means, like, in his full might or right, unobscured. Right, right, yes. But Libnit and Ofek didn't understand the metaphor, so they have Gandalf saying, Then you shall see Gandalf the Grey without his coat on! Oh dear, Gandalf. No. So, like, this makes no sense in either English or Hebrew. No, like, Why yeah. is he threatening to take his coat? Is he wearing nothing underneath? Is he threatening to flash Bilbo? What is happening? I don't... That's, that's a... There are also occasions where Pippin will refer to, like, Mary as good old Mary, and Aragorn is like, good old Strider, and... Libnet and Ofek were confused by the use of the word old, so they translated it as Mary the Aged and Good and the Aged Strider. He's old, <laughs> so, like, but... Like, they're literally old. I mean, in Strider fairness, is old. Aragorn is old. Mary, not so much. Yeah, 
I mean, he hasn't cheated death like his friend Pippin. He has so. not, not cheated death. No, he has not stopped death. Stopped death. Sorry. That's- <laughs> he has not stopped death. The Libnit Olfek translation was later revised by a guy called D. Emanuel Lottam, who removed, unfortunately, all the Jewish legend elements. Oh. So- but he did add the appendices, so. And okay. I think it's kind of interesting calling the elves, like, children of Lilith. Yeah, buddy. Like, they're the children of Adam's first wife who, like, went off and slept with demons or whatever. Like, that's yeah. pretty bonkers. Makes it that's a-, a pretty bonkers backstory. Makes it a sidequel to the Bible. A sidequel? I've never heard that word before. A spinoff, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, that's what I have to say about translations. Now, what did uh, Ake Olmark think of these other translations? And Presumably he thought they were inferior to his. And I should also ask, is there a, like an improved Swedish translation there now? There is, yeah. There's another Swedish translation that has come out. I was Not Ake Olmark's. <laughs> you know what? I think Tolkien should have like sent a song back to Ake Olmark. Like a, like a diss track? It would be like, don't break my heart. Ake Ole Mark, I just don't think you understand. Got all my freaking names, and you're the one to blame for messing up all of my dumb book. And maybe that's that's a song. I lost the last line, but I think I had it for for a little bit there. I, I think I think you should get uh, Billy Ray to guest star. Yeah, on like your track. like an old town road. You know, like an old town. You know how he's in like multiple versions of Old Town Road. Like we yeah. need to make multiple versions of what you just sang and have Billy Ray. With Ake Billy Ray, like guest, do, do like uh, be like the hype man in like uh, a crappy parody of his own song. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Icky Breaky Hark. Lord of the Rings. Featuring Billy Ray Cyrus. Yeah. Ake Olamark. Yeah. That was really good. Thanks. But he didn't do that. Because he was he was too old and lame and he didn't know about rap. It's kind of perfect. I know. I should record that later. Okay. You should. Yeah. Now, what do you have for me? Well, I have something similar. I know you told me you're gonna talk about translations, and you know, we have a lot of fun on here. A lot of times I like to like to like to talk about goofy lore as part of the Star Wars lore. I'll get back to that pretty soon here, but um it's fun to kind of dive into real life stuff once in a while. And indeed, there have been many translations of Star Wars. It is one of the most um, worldwide famous, internationally famous movies. It's been translated into like over 40 languages, I now believe. Now you like subtitles. Subtitles. Like, subtitles. And also dubs. Also dubs. Like, Europe, oh. Europe all has their own versions of the dubs. Some of the characters have like altered names or whatever but sometimes they'll change it to mean you know closer things to their language and it's 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 you know obviously it's an international phenomenon yeah of but there have, there have been a few translations uh that uh stand out all right that stand Lay out on me. well the first one if you're extremely online like you and i are or you were you know around in 2006 you might remember a little Chinese translation of Star Wars Episode Three called Star War The Third Gathers, The Backstroke of the West. Oh, of course. From which we get the famous do not want. Yes, if you don't know what we're talking about, this is an infamous Chinese bootleg translation of Episode Three. Uh, it's known best for the scene at the end where uh, Darth Vader goes, no! But in the backstroke of the West, they translate it as do not want. It conveys the same. I mean, like, it's not. I mean, it's a wrong translation in the sense that it sounds like dumb as hell. But I mean, it's not wrong in terms of content. So let's go. I just want to go through some of the funny stuff in this uh, translation. I'll we'll start with the opening crawl. Okay. Let's read what the, what the story of backstroke of the West is. The war came. The Republic encountered two squares fight the vehemence. The probability fills the world. The Space Journal of the Alliance is skillful. Kidnap the D, the Speaker of the Conduct. The proper abruption Alliance troops tries. Ratio prosperous. Drive with the... Now, there's so many things I could point out there, but I think what I'm going to go with is they encounter two squares. Like, did they encounter, like... 
two really uncool guys who wear like high waisted pants and narc on everybody to the police. It's, uh, they fight the vehemence. Those two nerds. The two uh, nerds. The two squares fight the vehemence. People so, who feel vehemence. People who feel like just very strongly about things. So you're probably like saying to yourself, "That sounds nothing like a Star Wars." Um, opening it crawl. sounds like gobbledygook garbage. Because the problem with backstroke of the West is that a majority of the uh, script and the character names were back translated from Chinese transliterations. So in in how does that work? So in China, so China, you know, it's it's a tone based, uh, syllable based language, and so when they get a name like Darth Vader. Right, that means nothing to them. So what they'll do sure. is they'll make a new name has the same sound as Darth Vader, but they'll have Chinese characters that have meaning. And so these are back translated. So they took those names that they translated uh, into Chinese and put took the meaning of them and put them back into English. Can I tell you a story I know about this? What's that? So um, the 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 translation of the name Optimus Prime on mainland China mm-hmm. and the translation of the name Optimus Prime in Taiwan are different. Oh, really? And the Taiwanese version on um, if you were to like show that name to a mainland Chinese person, it looks like big dick. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, he has a semi truck. I mean, yeah, that's a pretty uh, pretty big, it's pretty heavy swing, pretty dick. showing off a little bit. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, big dick. If you drive that kind of a car, you know, you don't have a big dick. Put the cube in Just my saying. chest, Sam. Put the cube it's in me, my big dick. <laughs> so let's go through our cast of characters of the, the third gathers, Backstroke of the West. Let's start with Anakin. So Anakin in Backstroke of the West is known as Allah Gold most of the time. <laughs> Allah as, like in, the, God, as like, in like the, like Muslim, the Muslim God. God? Yep, Allah Gold. Okay, so God, so God Gold. Uh, Obi-Wan is known as Section Ratio General. <laughs> but mostly just Ratio Tile or Ratio Prosperous. Where did they get Ratio from? It's because the characters used to, to make the sounds Obi-Wan. Like, part of them mean, like, they have a ratio. Does it mean, like... Did anybody who was putting this together think, like, this is going to sound so strange in English? Like, did nobody have that thought? No. I okay. mean, as you can tell, no. <laughs> no, they didn't. Padme is known as the Plum Of or the Gets the Rice. <laughs> Maybe there's no way of saying she's the breadwinner. Yeah. Do you has got a really good name? Blow the skin. <laughs> he doesn't have any skin. Maybe no. That's because someone blew it. He blew it off. <laughs> they blew it off. R2D2 is known as Reach the Man. <laughs> With what? He doesn't have any arms. He can't reach any man. He's reached the man. Reach the man. Uh, Palpatine is known as Mr. Speaker or Speaker D. Speaker D? Like just the letter D? Letter D. Cool. Yoda is known as Vanquish Is or Particularly Reach the Master. Why is the word Reach in all these names? It's amazing how often Reach shows up in these. I'm trying to think R2-D2 and Yoda. Like their names sound nothing like how did Reach end up in both of them? You know what? No idea. Okay. No idea. It it's a decent. I don't it know. It also sounds like that's a lot of like words to fit in a two syllable name like Yoda. Yeah. <laughs> Dooku is only referred to once in the movie as Drop. Drop. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Uh, General Grievous is called Space General. Uh huh. Well, so that's not this bad. is because in Chinese the word Grievous was too hard to like make into Chinese. Oh, they just like sounds. gave up. So they made a new name for him, which when back translated into English. It means Space General. Okay, so that one's fine. They should have just, honestly, they should have done that with all the names. It's like the most accurate name, yeah. Yeah, they should have done that with all the names. Chewbacca is called Dragalong. Dragalong. Like Dragalong, a sack Drag-along. of potatoes behind him. And uh, Darth Vader is known as Reaching the West of Reaches. What the fuck? That's two reaches! <laughs> That's a double reach score. That's two reaches in one name! Too many reaches, if Why you ask me. Why do they put reach in these names so much? Other important terms you might come across in Backstroke of the West. A Sith Lord is called a South Host. 
The Sith is called the West or the Big. Wait, how could they be both the West and the South host? Because it's the back. Doesn't make any sense. It's the backstroke of the West. I don't know. Uh, Jedi Council is called the Presbyterian Church, (laughs) which is like definitely my favorite. The hopeless situation Presbyterian or hopeless situation Parliament. And in turn, the Jedi Knights are <laughs> to called. Be honest, to be honest, though, Ryan, yeah. like, what do we have as a legislative body in this country if not a hopeless situation parliament? Or a hopeless situation Presbyterian, please. Yes. A Jedi Knights called a hopeless situation warrior. <laughs> Jedi Temple is called the hopeless situation temple. What is all this hopeless situation? Does Jedi sound like hopeless situation? I must, I must. In Chinese? The Force is called wish power or original dint. <laughs> like D-I-N-T no. okay. okay, a peek behind the curtain here I have actually watched a version of this um, The, what is it? Backstroke of the West Backstroke of the West with Ryan and, and and they had everybody like Read these lines of Backstroke of the West Like all the English speaking actors And they used the word didn't didn't. So much, like by dint of your contact or conduct or something, yeah. like by dint of your conduct or something, like di- I I can count on one hand all the times I've heard somebody use the word dint in English. <laughs> yeah, so if you want to watch this, what she's talking about, if you go on YouTube to search Backstreet with the West dub, you can find all of episode three with people actually using the script of Backstreet of the West, the, the, the subtitles, but. Speaking and them. Saying dint and reach yeah. and hopeless situations so much. Let's keep moving on. Sand people are called pathetic people. <laughs> and this is probably because sand was misread as sad. Oh, no. That just sounded to me like they were really passing judgment on this civilization. But. And the separatists are the, the abruption doctrine. Abruption. Again, like, I don't think I've ever heard the word abruption. There's a few more vocabulary words you might come across. Whenever they use the word apparently or, like, seems like, mm-hmm. they say good elephant. Why? Uh, I don't know. They um, say good elephant. There's a part where someone calls someone else scum. They just say smelly boy. <laughs> That's not bad. That's a bad. At least it's insulting. Every time they say powerful, it comes out as strong and big. <laughs> Obsessed, not just with your power level, but also with your overall size. Whenever someone's mentioned as alive, they're on the hoof. On the hoof, <laughs> like a horse's hoof. See, here's the thing: you didn't tell me this before we watched the movie, so I had no idea what on the hoof. Yeah, meant. premonitions are referred to as pregnancy. <laughs> That's so confusing, considering there is a pregnant person yes. in the movie. A few phrases in the movie, some good lines, like "We must destroy the Sith." I say this a couple times. Yes, uh, we must ruin the West. <laughs> Wow, China, you're not showing your hand there at all. You have done well, my apprentice. Comes out as, you are already at full cock now. (laughs) Well, I can kind of see how if you reach, yeah. And may the force be with you is, the wish power are together with you. That's inspiring. Yeah. So I don't know if you wanted to, Joanne. I do have a bit of reader's theater if you want to like, I know you can listen to Backstreet of the West, but in case you're lazy, we can do a little half-assed version of it right now. Oh, please. Let's do. So I got the openings. I got a few scenes. Some of the major scenes in episode three. All right. So do you want to be a la gold or ratio section general? Um, I'll be a la gold. Okay. So we'll start with this. The opening scene in which Obi-Wan and Anakin, sorry, Ala Gold and Ratio Section General are flying over Coruscant and their spaceships. Here you go. So Allah says, Target, teacher. Take aim at directly the machine head of that airship. Is an airship that slowness crawl along. Good. I have seen this is very easy. And a group of slowness robots take off to intercept the attack. Game time started. A dichotomy opens the combat. 
The two airship squadrons engage each other. Explosions. After the initial assault of a group of slowness robots begins to follow airship piloted by airship by pilot clone trooper. Can I be pilot clone trooper? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. He's in my behind! <laughs> my distance is half kilometer. No, let I to solve him. The slowness robots destroy their enemy. A lone slowness robot looks around and launches four missiles. Notice the guided missile pull out high! The missiles fly by the two airships and turn around. The guided missile can't beat the inside mine. Led to bounce back! The guided missiles are locked to the two airships. Like, reach the man! Good, good, good! Let us counter-attacking! Two missiles keep following Ratio Tile's airship. You remain on standby! I use the back set equips! Alagold makes two missiles hit each other by evasive maneuvers. Two fixed together! <laughs> Meanwhile, Ratio Tile still tries to shake off the two missiles tailing him. The disgusted thing came! The missiles fly past him, explode and release a cluster of airship robots that latch onto Ratio Tile's airship. True vexed! is an airship robot. The airship robots spring into action and begin to sabotage Ratio Tile's airship as they crawl. R2, you careful point! An airship robot rips R2's head off. God. An airship robot's damaging the Ratio Tile's <laughs> airship wing. Have to think that the way stops them. I can then the close quarter beats them. We must fly into the enemy's commander airship finds. Alagol blasts a few airship robots from Ratio Tile's airship and also accidentally hits his wing. Good kind of. Alagold follows Ratio Tile closely. I agree. My method is not so good. <laughs> the airship robots further damage Ratio Tile's airship, and his cockpit windows are partially covered in haze. It really to bother. Alagold flies closer and folds his airship's S foils. Do you fuck on I? Do you fuck on I? <laughs> Alagold tries to crush some airship robots with his wings, but he doesn't succeed. Move to the right side. Not line, so we two could be over. You leave here. You cannot help mine. I can of, teacher. Alagold crushes a few airship robots with his airship's wing, but the remaining one climbs into his airship and begins to threaten R2. Beat it, R2. R2 zaps the enemy robot. Carefully. Reach the man, beat it in the in-between eye. Using these tactics, R2 manages to disable its opponent. Good, you beat the inside. Good kind of, R2. The two airships are now free to head for their goal. The airship of the general in place ahead. You have and did notice you wanted to blockade. Sorry, teacher, I walk first one step. Alagold disables the airship hangar's shield generator with a couple of well-aimed blasts. I feel far from good. <laughs> so, good question. What is up with 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 ratio tile saying good kind of? <laughs> he's always kind of like so-so. He's like, he's like all... do you really have to like, you know, put that qualifier on there? He doesn't want to give too much praise good to, to kind to, of. He doesn't want to give too much praise to reach the man because otherwise he'll get a big head. But what about what about to R2? Is that's what R2 that's is what I'm saying. saying reach oh, the man. Reach the man. That's right. I forgot R2 has reached the man. I got another scene here. This is the famous uh Opera house scene Ooh. between Speaker D and Ala Gold. So I'll take on Speaker D. You continue your role as Ala Gold because okay. you are bringing all the emo qualities that I'm we need. I'm ready. Did you heard of the tragedy that reached the man? Not. I think to be too is not. I think that the hopeless situation Elder also can't. That is a legend. Reaching the man cloth space is the Emperor. He is so strong and big. He can even use the original dint to create life. He is very deep to black influence understanding. In fact, he can come back from the brink of death. The black influence the, can the matter that many supermans. But other people think that these are what can't attains. The black influence howled his afterwards. He became more and more strong and big. Lost his power afterwards. Afterwards, he died. In fact, he teaches own the whole skills all to his disciples. 
Then his land killed him to let him go into bed. <laughs> Satirizing the meaning is he can let other people, but is incapable for did to the oneself. I can be then academic association this kind of magic? Do not no do the hopeless situation, Elder can. So, I don't understand. Not from a Jedi. <laughs> I don't understand. I don't understand it. Did he die or did he go to bed? <laughs> Which one is it? Because they're a little bit different. It can be two things. Okay. It can be now, both. last scene I have from Backstreet of the West. This is the famous uh, duel between uh, Anakin, or sorry, Ala Gold and Section Ratio Tile General. The climactic conclusion of it. Is this Ala Gold? Yeah, Ala Gold reaches? is now Reaches of the West, of the Farthest Reaches or whatever. Oh, that's right. That changes So, Ala Gold is now Reaches of the Most Reaches. Okay, Reaches of the Most Reaches. Darth Vader. Keep that in mind. Yeah, so okay. Ratio. I found out you were the peaceful is willing to. I found out you. I should know a scheme for wanting to take over early. The peaceful is willing to D. The superior is a bad person. To me, heroes is just bad person. Friend, you are crazy. Your dead period arrived, teacher. Everything ends the peaceful is willing to. The geography that I stands compares to you superior. You underrated my ability. Is... Reaching the west of Reaches, attempts to jump over Ratio Tile, but is cut in pieces midair. He slides downhill and stops only a few feet from the lava river. You drive the person who pick out! You this should ruin them, Izzy not to join them! Bring the world brilliance, but is not to bring the blackness! Ratio Tile turns away and grabs his opponent's dropped lightsaber. He takes a few steps uphill. Reaching the west of Reaches, can't get a grip on the soft ground and is slowly sliding close to the lava. I will ruin you! The peaceful is willing to you. The past is my brother's. What I love is you. Reaching the west of Reaches, gets so close to lava that his legs catch flames, so he is soon burning all over him. Ah! And scene. Wow. There's really a lot of drama there. I thought that was even like more impactful, to be honest. Like, when... Um, Ratio Tile said is. Is. Like, I really felt that. Instead of saying I have the high ground, saying the geography that I stands compares you superior. Right. Yeah. Right. Like, I feel like that's just a fresh new way of putting it. It's beautiful, right? Yeah, it's like poetry. It I, doesn't rhyme. Well, I, I again, if you want to know more about Backstroke the West, look it up. It's very funny. The YouTube is, again, the whole length of episode three. So don't feel like you have to watch the whole thing. After a while, you kind of just get used to the, the weird... Like, pattern of it. Although there are some gems later on. Like, for example, I really love when Padme shows up crying to Mustafar and trying to, like, talk Anakin down. And she's she starts reproaching him for his conduct and his actions. It's very much like a teacher giving him (laughs) talking to you. Scolding him, yeah. And the voice acting is really good. Um, some Some are better than others. I think the funniest one to me is Yoda, which just sounds like an old lady. I can't do a Yoda voice. Right. And they're like, you know what? It doesn't matter. Just do your regular voice. Check it out. Let's move on to a couple more translations. Okay. Um, there's another Chinese translation of Star Wars, but not in movie form, in comic form. Oh, really? This is a uh, this is what they call a Lian Huan Hua. And I probably said that completely wrong because I'm not Chinese. Or linked picture books okay. in China. So this is kind of like... That sounds like a comic book. Linked it's, picture books sounds It's like a, a comic, comic book, but it's not like there's speech bubbles and stuff. It's a picture, and then there's like a little description underneath each picture. Okay. Saying like what happens in each scene. Sure. And so these are really popular um, through the 20th century in China. They kind of fell out of favor once China opened up a little bit. Um, but for a while, they had this kind of in-between in point. Uh, after Mao died... There was a few years after that where things were kind of loosened up in China as far as, like, bringing in Western influence and stuff yeah. like that. But some things still didn't really make it over. And Star Wars was one of those things. It didn't make it over till later. Now, I have a question. Yeah. Did Mao die or did he go to bed? Oh, he went to bed to death. 
Whoa. Yeah. Yes. And so in the 80s, a group of Chinese artists and writers, they got a hold of the screenplay of Star Wars, mm-hmm. and they got the story down, and they made a Lian Huan Hua of it instead. So now, people could, is it actually the story? It is. And this is where it's interesting, because it follows the story like precisely, because they had the script yeah. in Chinese. They knew how it went, <laughs> right? But they didn't know what it looked like. And so they had an idea. They knew what the poster looked like. They saw some of the toys. And by this point, uh, Return of the Jedi had already come out. Like, this is, like, the trilogy's okay, so already the done. the trilogy was totally but, out. Right. But they didn't realize there was more than one movie at the time. Oh! And they also didn't know really what the base actors looked like a lot of the time, or, like, these spaceships are talking about. Because if it didn't show up in the posters, or in, or in like, the... They just basically didn't know about it. They didn't know about it. So they had to make up their own stuff. So this is a very visual thing. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it, because you should look it up yourself and see it for yourselves. Um, but I have a couple pictures of some of my favorite panels I found from this uh, Lian Huan Hua. Uh, that I want to show you, Joanna. Okay, I'm ready. So here's the first scene where Darth Vader catches uh, Princess Leia on board of the blockade runner. Okay, so Leia is like smoking. I have no idea why she's posing like that. She's doing a boobs butt pose with one leg sort of cocked. Yes. She has a dress slid up to there. Darth Vader looks like Darth Vader, presumably because he was on the poster. They got him. Um, And they have a guy who looks like Boba Fett, but then everybody else, they just like said F it. Yeah, I should mention too, Princess Leia looks different in every single appearance she has in here. Why? Uh, they're using different reference materials. They're clearly using like magazines and like glamour shots of other actresses. But why couldn't they use like the same reference picture but make it look like the same person like have the same because they're all really good artists like i think the art in the in, the, in this uh picture story or whatever is really good um but i think they wanted to get it done quickly and they wanted to make sure they could get it okay. out faster so i guess that explains why they have like a random dinosaur man in here he's also, actually if you were a true star wars aficionado you recognize him as a bosk character bosk is one of the how do they know what a bosk was again the toys oh. a lizard man is right and Boba Fett, they didn't know what Stormtrooper looked like, but they saw Boba Fett. So they figured that's a that's Stormtrooper. That's a Stormtrooper. Right? Yeah, so there's just like multiple Boba Fetts. Here's a guy that they definitely did not know what he looked like. Can you guess who that is? Who the hell? Okay, well, there's C-3PO back there. Is this R2-D2? No. Nope. No, Chewbacca. No. That's, who is that? That's a sand person. Is it? Yeah, Tuscan Raider. What He's you- wearing like an Aztec headdress. Yeah. And he has like... Arms and legs that are partially robotic. For some reason, I cannot discern. He's also wearing a bib, and he has <laughs> buck teeth. He's kind of a weird jungle man looking guy. Like, yeah. Kind of like 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 a like you see like a tribal mask or something. Like he looks pretty crazy. But again, they had no idea what a Tuscan Raider looked like. So they had to make it up. So he's like half bionic Aztec bib monkey man. Yeah, that's him. Okay, that's that's Tuscan Raiders. Uh, here's a scene uh, when Obi Wan's telling his story about the Clone Wars. Okay, so apparently he fought the Clone Wars on the back of a motorcycle. He's talking about the Jedi Knights, and Obi-Wan is dressed as a actual knight in, like, like plated armor. Like a knight riding a motorcycle with, like, just a sword. Just like a regular sword. Oh, it's a lightsaber. It's kind of glowing. It's glowing, right? yeah. But again, I repeat, I think the art in here is pretty good. But he's thinking about this very seriously. Him dressed as a, a literal European medieval my favorite, motorcycle. My favorite feature of this, though, is Obi-Wan's motorcycle is shooting a missile. So he's, oh, yeah! Cool! So the Clone Wars are really cool in this version. Oh my god, I would have loved to see that movie. Here's the end of his story where he's talking about Darth Vader killing Luke's father. Okay, so <laughs> is Luke's father Triceratops then? No, that's the, there's Darth that's Vader. in the picture. No, there is a Triceratops in the picture. Yeah, there is, there is. Can we all just acknowledge a Triceratops in the picture? Is that supposed to so be Luke's father? So Darth Vader's standing there. He has kind of like... Like, like, booby barbarian armor on. He does have, for some reason, his armor is lifting and separating. I don't know why. And he's uh, standing in front of a downed Triceratops. Who is Luke's father, I guess. Yeah. 
Uh, here's the Death Star battle room, and it might not look weird at first, but I want you to read what's on the what's on the board. <laughs> <laughs> so on the on the wall, they have this giant, like presumably, what's a star map or something. But then in the corner, it says Kennedy Space Center. So that's the Death Star is going to target is Kennedy Space Center. <laughs> they are taking out what's next, Canaveral. <laughs> oh God. So here's how Chewbacca looks for most of it. Okay, now, so he's a chimpanzee. He's, he's a, just he's, literally a chimpanzee in a bandolier. He's a chimp, yeah. Yeah, cool. Yep. Here's them planning the Death Star run. It looks like they're doing like a, like a, they're showing off like the, the profits from the second quarter or yeah, something this, like that. Yeah, so it's like these 80s business people. <laughs> like this 80s businessman sort of semi-Hitler saluting towards well, like, like... a PowerPoint presentation probably. Yeah, yeah. We can only assume. Because there is like equipment behind them, but they're yeah. not looking at it. Again, Princess Leia, totally different in this panel. Is that supposed to be Princess Leia? Yeah, yeah. Now she's like an 80s businesswoman in like a choker with short hair. Yeah, I didn't get any pictures from the actual Death Star run, but like I should mention, all the spaceships in this are either like airplanes or like <laughs> apollo rockets or somewhere in between why could they not just make up a spaceship i don't know i don't they, know certainly they, like, they have enough imagination to just like draw you when luke's in his x-wing which they don't know what x-wing looks like he's wearing like a full apollo astronaut outfit <laughs> yeah he's like a, he's like a cosmonaut or something uh here's after the death star blows up Okay, so okay, so I see Darth Vader, and then I also see this like sort of scruffy caveman making like going like, oh, um, is that who's that? Is that Tarkles? That's Tarkles. That's Tarkin. What? So Tarkin in this version is a beardy man. He's like a he's like a Geico caveman. <laughs> yep. So the entire thing has been translated, actually. If you just search for a Chinese Star Wars comic, yeah, it'll come up some some some. Uh, it's a Chinese scholar guy. He's gone and translated the whole uh, Lin Huanhua, and you can read it. And it has all the panels, all uh, like a hundred and forty some of them. So cool, man! It's pretty fun. Check it out. Yeah. Now, last one I talk about. I've talked about some silly ones. Yeah. Now we're getting away from China too. This is a very special translation. It's kind of an interesting one that I only learned about while doing research for this podcast. Interesting. So on July 3rd, 2013 in Window Rock, Arizona, the first movie entirely in Dine, the language of the Navajo people, was screened at the American Indian Film Festival. That movie was Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope. What? So they dubbed it? Yeah, they dubbed it into Navajo. That is so cool. So the project was led by Manuelito Manny Wheeler. He's the director of the Navajo Nation Museum. There's a book by Chris Taylor called How Star Wars Conquered the Universe that describes it in detail. But I have a few excerpts I thought were interesting. So fewer than half of the 300,000 people of the Navajo Nation can speak Dine. And fewer than 100,000 are even fluent. Fewer than 1 in 10 can read it. And so Manuelito Manny wanted to bring Dine to a new generation. Wow. So that could be cool, you know. And so the writer asks him, but isn't this just a form of American cultural imperialism, which native people are surrendering to the forces of Hollywood? Wheeler responded, come on, dude. <laughs> That's not my reaction. Come on, dude. This is from the book. He points out that Joseph Campbell, the giant of global mythology, steeped himself in Navajo culture. That was the subject of Campbell's first book, Where the Two Came to Their Father, published three years before The Hero with a Thousand Faces. If George Lucas was as influenced by that book as he claims, Manny says, then Star Wars and Navajo brings it full circle. Absolutely. So Manny and his crew... Brought together all the DNA scholars he knew, and they translated the entire movie in 36 hours. Wow! Damn! I don't think that I could pull that off, I have to say. An entire, yeah, like almost two-hour movie. In 36 hours? It's him and a few other people, but yeah. Damn! Wait, so how did they find enough actors who were, like, fluent in DNA? Well, it turns out there was quite a few. They, they held tryouts. Yeah. And, like, 170 people showed up to be in the movie. Wow! You're only able to hire seven. 
Or, did, wait, seven people did every single voice? It might have been nine. Nine. That's a, like nine people. That's so not like, very many people. Well, you know, there's a lot of like minor roles and stuff, but for the major characters, you need one for each. Did they have like one person being like, you know, like every character all in, like the, in Mos Eisley? Yeah, plus, like all the like, officers. Plus like Jack Porkins. Jack, and, yeah, all those guys. So pretty impressive feat. They hired it. They recorded the dialogue. Uh, when, when they held a private screening to see how it went over with the cast, but also with the village elders, like the, yeah. the Navajo elders to see how they liked Were it. Were they into it? Or so was it not their style? So the author, Chris Taylor, asked Manny, like, what the elders think of it. And he said this. Uh, Navajo is a matriarchal culture, he said. So when Princess Leia comes on the screen and is this powerful figure, they get it. Wheeler grinned and pointed at his grandmother. She really digs Obi-Wan. Oh, cool, man. What's not to dig? Yeah, so there's some things I didn't quite get. Some words aren't translatable and remain in English. Princess Leia, for example, has the exact same title since DNA contains no concept of royalty. Oh, yeah. Likewise, Imperial Senate and Rebel Alliance also had to make up their own words because the Navajo are so inherently egalitarian that the U.S. government had to force them to set up a governing body it could deal with. Wow! Yeah. Humor translated differently, too. The audience seemed to laugh at every word 3PO said. This may be partly because the droid is a drag act. Voice actress Jerry Hongeva Camarillo matches his prissy tones perfectly. Some months later, I told Anthony Daniels, the original 3PO, about his gender switch. The Navajo must be a very confused race, he said in his best clueless 3PO voice, before winking and reminding me that the concept artist Ralph McQuarrie, one of the largely unsung heroes of Star Wars, had originally envisioned Daniels' character as a waif-thin female robot. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. So he's into it. The biggest laugh of the evening, however, goes to Leia's line aboard the Death Star. Governor Tarkin, I should have expected to find you holding Vader's leash. I recognized your foul stench when I came on board. There's a kind of earthiness to the phrase, it seems, that sounds especially hilarious in Navajo, even though Fisher found it one of the hardest lines in the movie to sell, because Peter Cushing, who plays Tarkin, actually smelled of linen and lavender, she said. The actual premiere was actually was a really big event. Like, thousands of people attended. The 501st, like the Stormtrooper uh, charity group, sent out a bunch of, uh, bunch of troopers and Darth Vader and stuff to walk around with the kids and meet them. And people waited in lines around the stadium to get autographs from the DNA voice actors after the show. Oh, man! So, more from uh, Chris Taylor here. I went looking for reactions from the few elders I saw in line. This is the closest I was ever going to get to a complete adult newbie experience of Star Wars. Every one of the elders to whom I spoke shared confusion over the title. Why are the stars at war? (laughs) The elders also echoed one of the main complaints that had been leveled against Star Wars in 1977. It went too fast. Some were confused about exactly what each side was fighting for. You can translate stolen data tapes into Navajo, but you can't make it make sense. Then I learned something spiritual from this group of elders. Manny was right about the Joseph Campbell connection bringing Star Wars full circle. May the Force be with you, it turns out, is a nearly literal translation of a Navajo prayer. The Force and their usage can best be described as a kind of positive, life-filled, extrasensory force field surrounding them. We call for strength for protection from negativity, Thomas Deal, 82, told me via translator. Some of the elders glimpsed their belief system in George Lucas's creation. Good was trying to conquer evil and asking for protection in doing so, summarized Annette Bilgodi, an 89-year-old in the traditional dress of a Dine grandmother. She also offered the highest praise of the evening. I enjoyed it as much as my granddaughter did. Wow. Yeah. I got a clip here. Dude, translation is so fascinating. The things that, like, you wouldn't expect to translate and they do, and the things you would expect to and they absolutely do not. Yeah. Darth Vader. That's amazing. So you can hear how they say, like, Imperial Senate, Rebel Alliance, like in English. Yeah, and Your Highness, like, mm-hmm. it's just in English. Yeah. That's fascinating. Isn't that cool? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 
So it's a, it's, it's a cool thing I didn't know about until I started researching. So Star Wars, it turns out, is the universal language. That's so neat. That's yeah. really cool. So is the whole movie online? Yeah. Yeah. You Navajo? Can, you can buy it on DVD now. Um, That's super rad. They did a, uh, did a tour around like the Southwest where they showed it like at different <gasps> Navajo reservations and stuff. That's rad as hell, man. Isn't that I'm cool? super into that. Yeah. It's not often like you teach me something on this podcast. I'm really glad to have learned it. Yeah. But I'm glad I learned this. You mean you're not glad to learn all the nonsense no, lore stuff I no, teach you? No, you but... something like Jackson or like <laughs> people whose whole religion revolves around a message board or something. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. I know that now, but I feel like I'm older and sadder after having learned it. Yep. But this... It's uplifting, right? It's uplifting. It's great. It's interesting it's and really uplifting. Cool. And something I wouldn't have known about had I not done this podcast. So, yeah. thanks, podcast. Thanks, podcast. And again, we are we are nothing but a cyclopodcast here. We're all about learning stuff. And we learned something today. And we hope you did, too. Yes. Well, Ryan, is it time to do our latest uh, feature? Okay. The hot, the hot, the hot, the hot, the hottest take. Yeah. Were you able to post the last one? You didn't send me the hot take last time. Oh, shit, I forgot. Okay, so we have I to told wait. you to send it to me. You guys, I forgot to send Ryan the hot take so he couldn't post it. This is going to be another double down this week. Double down. Hot take double down. Okay, here we go. Ready? Yeah. So this is another one from Yahoo Answers. The title of the question is Books Like Lord of the Rings. Okay. The person says, I want to read more books like Lord of the Rings. They have a lot of mythology, fantasy, adventure, and have a lot of information about the history of the story, the kings and gods, etc. The Hobbit doesn't count. Please help. So most of the answers, like, this is the best answer, right? Yeah. So they say, like, Chronicles of Narnia, Aragon, Percy Jackson, stuff like that. But then you get this guy. This guy's name is Papoose C. Papoose. Papoose says, Don't know if there are any other book series that are really all that similar. However, in terms of games, Spyro, Dawn of the Dragon, seems to have a lot of similarities to Lord of the Rings. I hate this guy. I hate Spyro him. the Dragon. It's no. There's shut- really nothing that similar to Lord of the Rings except Spyro the Dragon. I mean, like, except Spyro the Dragon, Lord of the Rings stands alone, peerless. In that they both have a dragon in them. Yeah. Um... I guess, yes. Yeah, I rest, I rest, your, rest your case. Actually, yeah. there's like no dragon in Lord of the Rings. That's the in thing. In the Hobbit, there is. In the yeah. Hobbit, there is, but in Lord of the Rings, there's This is not, a guy so. who just wanted to talk about Spyro the Dragon. He just really wanted, he's like, finally, Papusi. See, there's one thing Papusi knows about, and it's, it's Spyro, Dawn of the Dragon. And this is finally his time to shine. I'm almost positive. If you were to go to his profile, look at other questions he's answered. They're, they're all related they're all to Spyro, Spyro the Dragon. Yeah, they probably are. It's kind of like, remember on those message boards? I think it was the something awful, awful message yeah. board. Whenever people ask for book recommendations, even if they were asking for like romance or mystery or something, people would Historical say like, fiction. A Song yeah. of Ice and Fire by George R. R. Martin? Yeah, that's the only book they read. And so yeah. they recommended it to every. Papoose is like that, except with Spyro, Dawn of the Dragon. <laughs> so today's hot take is... The only thing similar to Lord of the Rings is Spyro Dawn of the Dragon. <clears throat> Amazing. Amazing. That's really good. But also awful. I hate it. Ugh. Now what do you have for me? Alright. This is kind of one that people bring up all the time that I think is stupid. The thread is called Why Are People So Hard on Stormtroopers by Imperial Grunt. <laughs> uh, why doesn't why doesn't everybody like our fashy our fashy army? <laughs> 
that goes around indiscriminately trying to murder people. I say trying because they never hit anything. So I'm curious. Ever since the prequel started up, it seems people have begun bashing the stormtroopers. I mean, first of all, they're bashing it back in Ever the Ever since the prequel? No, I, I don't think so. They talk about their bad shooting, call them pansies, call them clumsy, etc. And I'll mention, too, you can't see it in the way I said it, but clumsy is spelled wrong every time in this post. How is it spelled? With an E-Y at the end, and it looks so stupid, and I hate it. <sighs> that is a clumsy way to spell the word clumsy. <laughs> Talks about the bad shots. I only think of one or two scenes which a trooper misses at close range. And hey, the troopers are pretty good at the beginning of A New Hope when they duped out the rebel troopers in the hallway. The rebels are all kneeling and hiding behind obstructions. The troopers were standing tall. And in the end, rebels retreated, leaving at least six dead. Why are the you troopers only had two dead. standing them? Is this guy like a wannabe? Like, he wants to be in the military, doesn't he? Yeah. Now, pansies, well, it didn't help they were defeated by Ewoks. But they had, like, primitive weapons. I'll number them about 20 to 1. Now clumsy with an EY. Everyone's talking about them being so clumsy. Well, again, I can only think of one scene when the extra hit his head on the door in New Hope. Folks, that was an accident, not meant to be shown. <laughs> what? Lucas I thought it was on purpose. Lucas wasn't trying to show everyone that they are clumsy. I it's not on the script. It was merely an no, accident. No, they put them on the plane. No, they were not there. He was so I mean this post for everyone in episode 3 form but they would say it doesn't belong here so I post it here so anyone who has anything to add then may always be my guest if not chill out on this new stormtroopers are dumb because when you clone a copy of a copy of a copy yada 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 crap thanks I don't understand why this is the hill he has decided to die on yep like he's mad that people think that like the fashy like basically red shirts of Star Wars are are not like accorded enough respect. Not yeah. It's not that they're like shown as as like I can't believe they're shown so stupidly in the movies. It's like, no, I think they're portrayed cool and why don't you think they're cool? Yeah. Like there's nothing in the movies that makes them look any less incompetent and cool, right? So I thought so he says like that they they seldom miss at close range, but, but do they ever actually hit anything at close range either? He lists two. Uh, it's when Leia and and Leia gets shot in the arm in, in Return of the Jedi. Uh huh. In the arm. And then they not shoot. A, not 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 a mortal blow. And one of the Ewoks dies. I mean, yeah, I get, but but I feel like that was just totally in service of the plot. Yep. Uh, the, and then and considering like how many rounds they like fired. Yeah. That's like a pretty yeah. low success rate. I mean, like that's like that's like. Me going skeet shooting in high school, like, level success. But this guy took the time to look at the scene and count how many people died <laughs> to make sure, to show that the ratio was totally They killed people! Safer. They killed people, okay? They killed I don't people. know why you don't respect them when they killed them! They were standing tall and the troopers were on their knees. That is worthy of respect! So, yeah, that's, that's how my- dare them? How dare those, like, those cowardly rebels hide behind things when they are being shot at? Like, that is so weak. So, that's my hot take this week. Stormtroopers aren't clumsy or pansies or bad shooting they're actually cool all right so those are your choices next week's actually you're gonna have a couple choices to make because it's a d- 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 double down yeah i can't remember what the last ones were but yeah this week you're gonna choose between uh spire of the dragon is exactly like lord of the rings and stormtroopers actually cool actually cool gotta show respect guys yep so you can vote like, on they that fight for your freedom I, I don't know maybe that doesn't mean anything to you you little bitch i could snap your neck like a pencil yeah, what are you, some kind of rebel? What are you, some kind of, like, a uh, uh, dissenter? I'm in the Navy. I could have five federal agents on your ass in, like, two seconds. Bro, I could just, like, take you down and say, I'm just, like, my friends are holding me back right now. I could totally just, like, like 
Seriously, you just like like I would, but I don't want to kill. Like, you. These hands are like legal weapons, okay? And like at least five states. And so like if you let me go right now, you'll be dead in like ten seconds. Yeah, like, okay? Do you know what they made me do when I was in the Marines for three days because I dropped out halfway through Hell Week? Um, they made me raise my own rabbit and then kill it. That's the thing that happens in the Marines. I didn't make that. I read about online. But so I, but I ran on the beach a lot and it was tiring and I. Um, I threw up in the sand. I threw up in the sand. And so, dude, if you don't hold me back right now, I'm totally just going to go aggro on you. I'm going to go freaking, freaking, uh, uh, Hiroshima on your ass right now. Okay. I'm going to freaking just, just, just take you out and just show you, you know, what military training can get you and also my own private studying at home. When yeah, I- so like respect your troops and also katanas. And also stormtroopers. Because I feel like that kind of person would also Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. While you were busy bashing on stormtroopers, I was practicing the blade. blade. So, cool. Vote on those on our Facebook page, uh, our website, whatslightsaberspecials.com. You can email us, whatslightsaberspecials.gmail.com. I haven't checked it in a few weeks. I have updated the website, however, it is up to date. Good job, Joanna. Go. Enjoy. Enjoy. Thank you. Um, So, until next time, the wish power are together with you. The wish power are together with you. Bye. Original game.